Welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Sarda. I'm Cliff Hickman of the Canton Repository along with Joe Scalzo and Mike Popovich of the Rep. And we're reviewing Friday night in week 10. It has finally arrived. And a big game going on tonight with a lot of implications in the Federal League was Jackson and Hoover, where Joe was at. Jackson prevailed 29-23, to and Joe is joining us via phone to talk about his experience out there. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a great rivalry, and the last few games have been terrific, and, and tonight was no different. Um, you know, Hoover had a chance to, to tie the game with about 11 seconds left. Adam Gregalo cut a, a screen pass to five, needed to score, ended up getting tackled at the one, and the controversy is that no one is quite sure if he was down. He, he landed on top of a, a Jackson defender and kind of slid across the goal line, and and the uh, you know the side judge just rolled him to uh, that, that his knee was down. I was I was ten feet away out of video. I'm still not sure. I didn't have a, the perfect angle, and and uh, you know if they score there, all they needed to do was kick an extra point to, to, probably, to probably win the game and make the playoffs, and that's how close it, it, it that they came. And, and uh, you know obviously it's um, you, you know it's a game that means a lot to both communities anyway. But you know a lot right on the line tonight. Joe, uh, it, this game kind of resembled uh, a game at North Canton two years ago. It was almost like deja vu, wasn't it? Yeah, they, you know, they had two years ago. They had a uh, a play that ended at the one. Um, it, it, you know, the Hoover kid. You know, they thought that his you know forward momentum was stopped, and ended up getting the ball stripped, and, and uh, it was game over. Jackson recovered the end zone as a double overtime game. And, and it was right, right, like you know, same, you know, part of the end zone, and and uh, um, you know, it's one of those fifty-fifty plays that went against them two years ago, and, and maybe tonight again. So um, a lot of heartbreak for Hoover. They've they've been so close uh, against Jackson. They did beat them last year, but um, you, you know, this game there's a lot riding on it, and and they're going to be home in week eleven because uh, they just they didn't get the call. Uh, I've seen a lot of Jackson this year, and uh, Ethan Atkins had another big game tonight, another 200-yard rushing game. I mean, what what kind of an yeah. Im- impact can this kid have on them in the playoffs moving forward here? Well, he, he's he's you know the center of their offense. I think he carried it 44 times tonight, which is just an absolutely insane number of carries and. And, uh, you know, Hunter Geisinger is only a sophomore. He's going to be a good quarterback, but he, you know, he's a guy that, that thrives off play action and, and, you know, everything is set up for Ethan Atkins. So, um, if they're going to do, you know, some damage in the, in the playoffs, they need him to, to play well. And, and, you know, the thing that sticks out to me is that he's not only a strong, hard runner, but he's learned how to run behind the line he has. He, he, he has kind of a Galavion Bell type sort of like, halting first step where he just patiently waits for a hole to open and, and finds it. And, and he's just a really smart back. And, um, you know, he's, he's as important to, to Jackson as Connor Ashby is to, to Hoover or Lemire Garrett is to McKinley. So um, just kind of the centerpiece of what they do offensively. And uh, anything else you'd like to add from this one, Joe? Obviously, I think you covered a lot of bases there. Really tough <laughs> loss for the <laughs> for the Vikings. It's... That's a tough one. 
Yeah, you know, you see, you know, Hoover's on the, there's, I think they finished ninth, Marine and Lake finished 11th, and it just shows you, like, you know, the Federal League is, is just so tough because some teams can go two and four or, or you know, something around those lines and, and miss the playoffs by a game, and that happened to both those teams, and, and uh, you know, the, the, you know that that's that's kind of the challenge. You know, as good as the league makes you, um, you really you know there's not much room for error. You kind of have to win three or four games in it, um, or else you're going to be home in week eleven. And we'll get your thoughts on the last couple games in the Federal League uh, tonight before we go. Lake defeated Green 10-7. to That game was as close as we thought it might be. And then Perry 48 and Glen Oak 14. Yeah, we, you know, we talked earlier in the week about how Lake and Green, there wasn't a lot of riding on it, but we thought it was going to be a good one. I think it came down to a, a Vincent Garrow 97-yard run right before halftime that they were probably just trying to to run the clock out and, and it ended up being the difference in the game and they finished six and four even though they had a lot of injuries and a four game losing streak so that's a nice nice win for Lake and then you know Perry they, you know I think Keith Wakefield was pretty furious about you know the way they played against the Kimmy last week and they come out and get the job done and you know they still finished fourth in that region but they, they go to the playoffs with the next win and, and uh, you know they're a team that, that uh, you know doesn't have a lot of you know 80 yard playmakers but boy they're tough to beat and and they're well coached, and, and uh, I think a lot of people would like to avoid them in the first round. All right, Joe. Well, thanks for joining us from the road there tonight. All right. Well, thanks for having me, guys. All right, that was Joe Scalzo, and we'll be right back to take a look at some more scores. First, though, the Friday Night Ohio podcast is powered by Sarda. Sarda provides over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda, where can we take you today? It's going to take us over to the Eastern Buckeye Conference, out where I was at, where Alliance defeated Marlington 48-35. to Mike, if you wanted offense... Uh, there was plenty to be found. Yeah, and that's uh, what it looked like. And uh, I, you know, I would say, uh, you know, for a game where you had the Eastern Buckeye Conference uh, you know, championship uh, on the line here, um, it's it's the type of game you you would really expect. And uh, um, you know, Alliance is able to win the game, and they're able to. Uh, uh, nab a playoff berth as well. It looks like they're uh, they're going to finish uh, as high as sixth uh, in the region. Uh, the one thing though that does is match them up with uh, Hoban. Absolutely, that's kind of a tough draw. But uh, the one thing I was talking to Coach Seth Whiting about after the game, he said, had they remained in Division Three, they would have been mathematically eliminated heading into this week. So, well, you want to be playing in Week Eleven. So, uh, no matter who you're playing, and no matter what the opponent is, that's uh, that's the main thing. Yeah, they they got it done. Uh, Braden Hartsoe remained at quarterback. Brandon Alexander was back and actually played wide receiver some tonight. He caught a touchdown. Braden Hartsoe's really impressive, though. You talk about a big arm and big accuracy. Uh, they used the long ball to beat Marlington pretty much. They uh, Marlington was stacking the box to stop the running game, which Alliance is kind of known for, and they were determined to stop Jeff Talbert. But 
Hartsoe completed 11 of 21, 387 yards. He had six passes of 30 yards or more, and that was the difference. I mean, and it was it was an impressive display. What you're saying is that sounds like player of the week material. Right? I I would say so. I mean, that was I mean some of those throws. It's like they were. I mean. They were one-on-one, and he had some big targets, but, I mean, they were still in places where his receiver was going to be the only one that was going to catch it. And the other big thing that hurt Marling tonight, Anthony Sabatino did have a really nice game, 132 yards, four touchdowns on 29 carries, but it was five turnovers. Alliance came up with three interceptions and two fumble recoveries. Uh, Brandon Alexander, Braden Hartso, Jaden Seals all had interceptions. So that was kind of, especially near the end of the first half, Marlington was was driving and they snapped the ball early. Uh, C.J. Griner wasn't expecting it. Ball went right by him and Alliance fell on it and kneeled to run out the clock inside the Alliance 20. So that was definitely a, a kind of a game changing moment there at the end of the half yeah that's a that's a tough way for it to end because uh, that game really doesn't signify the type of season that marlington had this year they go they go seven and three uh, a lot of times that helps you you know play on but uh, unfortunately for them it doesn't yeah it, it is and and they were i mean they're a really good team uh, they showed you know they can definitely run the ball or could run the ball and uh, the passing game definitely had its moments. It was just uh, one of those things. It was it was bitterly cold too. People were trying to trying to sneak into the press co- uh, press box whenever they could to to get some heat. And I, I can't say I blame them. It was uh, it was pretty nasty out there. Coach Seth Whiting still in shorts though. By the way, I'd like to add. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, he, yeah, I, he had to feel that one. There's no way around it. Yeah, I like to go a long time as far as I can with shorts, but there's a limit to my, uh, to my madness when it comes to it. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, frostbite is not on my agenda either. And then just taking a look uh, around the rest of the EBC, Carrollton defeated Minerva 28-7 to tonight, Mike. That's a little bit of a surprise. I thought Minerva might might be able to get that that might be a season high for points for Carrollton yeah I thought uh Minerva might have a shot at this one too um boy you have to hand it to Carrollton though they win the last two after going 0-8 yeah salvage something you know when that that zero is still in that win column you know we're talking about you know high school kids here um you 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 wonder how that can react how they would react to that and uh you know they're able to uh to to finish off the season with a couple of wins minerva was able to get their win to end their long losing streak earlier this season so um nobody uh nobody in the uh, ebc uh, uh takes an over this season so uh um you know that's a that's a good mission finish. accomplished. Good finish for Carrollton and yeah. and like we said, Minerva was able to end that losing streak. Yeah, that's I think that qualifies as a success for the Lions that they don't have to hear about that every week going into another year. And this one was a big surprise to me. Uh, Canton South defeated St. Thomas Aquinas seventeen to fourteen. Mike, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise to me. I mean, I'm sure this really made Canton South season a long season for them, and they're able to get their third win. Um, I was always wondering because Aquinas had a bye last week, uh, how they would 
be able to come off of it. Um, they had won four in a row coming in, and and you wonder, you know, if you're on such a hot streak, you wonder if a bye could really hurt them. But uh, Mike Cook, their head coach, also said, you know, at this time of the year, you know, when you have a lot of bumps and bruises and the season's taking its toll, the bye could uh, help them out a lot. And, uh, you know, they had a kickoff return uh, for a touchdown to start the game, but they, they just weren't able to get their offense going. And now uh, they finished the regular season six and three. Uh, they had an opportunity to host uh, a playoff game next week uh, if they would have won this game. Uh, that's pretty much out the door right now. Looks like they're either going to be playing at Cuyahoga Heights or at Toronto. Uh, there's some games tomorrow that's going to, or Saturday, if you're listening to this on Saturday, there's some games games on Saturday that are uh, uh, affect where they're going to play. Yeah, Greg Reed is one of those coaches that I think gets the most out of his players, and they're always kind of a scary opponent for people. And and that's why he usually gets uh, one or two of these a year that probably on paper you might say they don't have the advantage going into the game, and he f- finds a way to win them. Right. They were able to, uh, they were able to get over 200 yards rushing tonight. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, that's, uh, Gavin Moses. They had the, they had the touchdown pass to, uh, Trent Shavers, uh, in the final two minutes was the, uh, deciding score. Uh, so, uh, Moses and Hunter Campbell had, or Hunter Campbell, I'm thinking of the fearless running back. Hunter Holcomb had, uh, had, uh, good games for them tonight. So yeah, a real nice win for the Wildcats to end their season. Absolutely, and we're going to take a look at some more scores in just a moment. First, though, the Goodwill Drive to Victory returned tonight for the Alliance at Marlington game. Fans were able to donate clothes and housewares at donation trailers set up at the site. Those donations will be sold in local Goodwill stores and support employment programs for people in our community with disabilities or other barriers to employment. Donate stuff. Help your school help our community. And then just to take a look at some other scores in the area, this is another one that's a little bit of a surprise. I thought it was going to be a really good game. But Central Catholic defeats Louisville 26-22, to coming just after a week that Louisville took Maslin down to the wire closer than anyone else has. Yeah, and for a while tonight, I was kind of wondering, you know, you look at the Joe Idle sites as far as, you know, that list the playoffs, and they, they do a good job of updating that and I was wondering for a second if Central was able to rally in this game if they may have just done enough to get in the playoffs in Division 5 um, they weren't able to do that um, they fall they fall short out of the playoffs but they do go 6-4 uh, and four this season and that's their first winning season uh, since their state championship season a couple of years ago they had a Good finish. I think they, they believe they won four out of their last five games to give themselves a chance. And obviously, they needed uh, wins against you know either Louisville or Jackson or both, uh, which they would have needed. They they ended up losing to Jackson, but they finished off with a nice win against uh, Louisville. Uh, Chase uh, Miller scored a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter to help them rally. And Louisville ends up five and five. It ends a, a great career for Colton Jones, a quarterback. Uh, I wish I could have watched him more than than I did during his career, but uh, uh, he had 239 yards passing and three touchdowns tonight. But Central is able to rally for the win. 
Yeah, Joe and I talked about it earlier. If you had like a selection committee like they do in college football, you think Central probably goes in, especially after that. Well, they play the schedule. They yeah. don't – I mean, we've talked about this before. They they don't shy away from anybody, and that's, that's what I really love really respect uh about them you know when you're you know when you're an independent it's it's hard to schedule as it is and um they they take what they can get and they go after uh you know they they go after some of the you know good teams and you know in in the past when they were able to get in the playoffs that i always thought was a big uh big factor for them to have that tough schedule to go into the division five playoffs and have the success that they did yeah, absolutely, and that schedule uh, kind of comes back to, to haunt them a little bit this year, unfortunately. But six and four with that schedule is a great season, in my opinion. Oh yeah. And taking a look around some of the Pac-7 schools, Manchester continued its hot streak. They defeated CVCA twenty-seven to seven. It was just a few weeks ago we were talking about them struggling, and then they just run off a string of impressive victories over Northwest and CVCA and, you know, Orville, even without Markel Parks, it's that's that's a nice stretch of football, Mike. Yeah, that's not a team I'd probably want to face in the playoffs. And like you said, I mean, a few weeks ago, I I, I don't know if I was in here or with with you and Joe, but uh, I remember the one game where where Fairless almost came back and beat them and took them to overtime. Yeah, and and after that, they have just been on this uh, uh, incredible streak, and uh, they they end up uh, finishing uh, second uh, in their region in Division Five. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be uh, you know Ethan Wright. You know, when you have somebody as good as him, I mean that's that's going to be uh, that's going to be a tough out for for whoever uh, whoever faces them. And then Orville gets Markel Parks back this week. They defeat Triway 38 to 20. Triway's a good team. That's that's a nice victory for the Red Riders. Yeah, yeah, you would you would think that this was uh, a week that they would want to really try to get back on track, you know, they wouldn't want to go into the postseason, you know, being a defending state champion uh with uh with back-to-back losses and they were able to do that. And then Northwest wrapped up its season with a 49-21 to win over Loudonville. The Indians uh, had a really nice start to the year, but uh, the, the league kind of caught up with them, unfortunately, in the middle part of the schedule, and they're probably at home in Week 11. Right, yeah. The the top part of the league was, was just really their undoing. If they could have gotten a win against one of those teams, uh, they would be playing on. Yeah, and uh, and another game that was uh, very entertaining, and and like we said, Fairless took Manchester to the limit a few weeks ago. They get the win tonight. They defeat Tuslaw twenty-one to twenty, and they overcome a huge performance by Briar Marthy. I saw some of the halftime stats on him and was kind of flabbergasted. He had twenty-nine carries at the break, but. There we are. Right, and they're able to hold on at the end. Tesla was able to get down to uh, the one-yard line, I believe, uh, but they weren't able to punch it in. And, uh, you know, for two teams who's who knew coming in uh, that, uh, you know, this would be their their final game. I think that's I think that's kind of what's special about rivalry games as well. I mean, you know, 
you know, McKinley and Maslin are going to play tomorrow and, you know, they're going to, uh, or Saturday, if you're listening to this on Saturday, but uh, they're going to play and, you know, they're going to play on. But, you know, Farrellis and Tussla, two teams whose season was going to end tonight and uh, they're rivals and, you know, they have, they still had the, the blue cup to pe- play for. So I think that's what's kind of cool about rivalry games as well. It gives, gives the teams who, you know, might not have winning records still a chance, something to shoot for in week 10. And then just a, another game in the IVC. I'm not so much surprised at the end result, but the margin of the end result. Sandy Valley shut out a, a, a pretty decent Malvern team, 41-0 to zero tonight, Mike. Yeah, this was a Malvern team that coming in uh, would have clinched a playoff berth with a victory. And this is a Sandy Valley team that coming in, even with a win, their future was still hanging in the balance, but you know they're able to get the win. They're able to secure a playoff berth. Uh, they're going to go have to deal with uh, uh, Kirtland next week, but um, you know, kind of following this early on tonight. I mean, Cam Blair, five touchdown passes for over three hundred yards alone in the first half, and uh, they built a. Uh, 34 nothing lead uh they win the ivc north outright they finished nine and one they're able to get to the playoffs uh they were able to accomplish all of their regular season goals and now uh for the second straight year in the postseason they try to press forward here yeah that's a that's a really nice a nice accomplishment for the sandy valley program Whereas, you know, in years past, you might not be talking about uh, league titles or playoffs at this point of the season. Well, after Timken um, merged with McKinley, Sandy Valley was the last school in the county, the last football program in the county uh, to go to the playoffs initially. And now they've done it. I believe it's uh, I believe it's three times in the last four years or three times in the last five years. But the bottom line is it's starting to become uh, a regular occurrence first under Zach Gardner when he was coaching down there and now Brian Gamble. Yeah, it's always great to see a, a program like that come to life and and start to, you know, just really turn things around and take control of their own destiny there. And one more score, another game that uh, I thought was going to be close. Buckeye Trail defeats East Canton 20-18. to uh, Tough end of the season for the Hornets. Uh, Nathaniel Sundheimer, though, had a great year for East Canton. Oh, yeah. Another 1,000-yard uh, uh, rushing season. Uh, he was over 1,600 yards uh, uh, rushing uh, two years ago uh, as a sophomore. And, uh, excuse me, the Hornets just weren't able to – they just weren't able to get a consistent run this year. It was kind of a really an up-and-down season. But, uh, you know, Sundheimer really – uh, really helped carry the load on offense. And uh, I know, uh, I'm sure it's disappointing, uh, you know, that he and his teammates won't have a chance to go to the postseason. They went three straight years uh, uh, in the past. But, um, you know, just a just a great run by him in football. And uh, I'll be seeing him again in the spring in track. Uh, definitely something to look forward to. Warm weather. <laughs> Uh, The Akron Children's Hospital Friday Night Ohio Game of the Week continues. We have two games this week. We are doing the Maslin at McKinley game. You heard Jackson and Hoover earlier tonight. Uh, We're going to have to double the price of free, Mike. 
We're going to have to double that price. The live stream broadcast in partnership with iHeartRadio will be on FridayNightOhio.com and the Friday Night Ohio app. So be sure to catch that. And just to wrap it up, there's still some games tomorrow, Mike, and the the biggest one, just mentioned it, Maslin at McKinley, all eyes on that one across not only the area, but, you know, alums spread across the country. Yeah, this is the, uh, I believe it's the 130th meeting. Uh, played uh, It'll be played at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. And I heard someone mention this earlier this week. I mean, you, you wonder how big this rivalry is. Well, they're going to be playing this game, and a few hundred yards away in the Hall of Fame are guys who played in this game years ago when you think about it. So, uh, and, and the fact that both teams are as, uh, are, as, are as good as they are, which that makes it uh, uh, even more intriguing. Maslin being uh, 9-0 and on the season, uh, McKinley being 8-1 and and being a uh, two-point conversion away from also being 9-0. And, and uh, you know, uh, for those who are gone, it, sh- it should be really, uh, really great. Uh, game to watch uh you know Maslin's offense is is really explosive McKinley's is really uh really good as well with uh, Lemire Garrett uh running back and the way Elijah Wesley has just improved uh in his first year as the starting quarterback so uh you know both teams are uh, both teams are going to be playing in week 11 but obviously a lot of bragging rights long on the line in this one yeah, neither team's going to want to give this one up, to say the least. Uh, I'm expecting a great environment. I've had the privilege of covering that one before, and it's always one of the most unique things you could possibly experience, I think, in the entire country for a high school football game. Yeah, I early on while I was working here, I got to go to the uh, uh, 100th game uh, in Maslin in, in 1994, and uh, that was uh, – that was obviously uh, a game uh, Maslin won in overtime. Uh, many think it's, it was one of the best in the series. And then, and then a couple weeks later, uh, they both met at the uh, Rubber Bowl in Akron with uh, 30,000 people for a playoff game. I can still remember, you know, the first quarter ending and still looking out and seeing cars trying to get in. Although, you know, back in the, those days, the Rubber Bowl was – when you had a large crowd, it was hard to get there. So uh, in time, but um, yeah, just uh, you know, two great programs. Uh, they're they're going to be, uh, like I said, playing in the postseason. Uh, you know, well, we talked a lot about Maslin. You know how you know they've uh, people always say unfinished business when you come up just short of a state championship, and you know they've rolled right along, and McKinley just doing the same as well. So. Uh, you know, good luck to both of those teams. Hope uh, I hope uh, you know I hope it's a great game, and I hope uh, the players on both teams have fun. Yeah, and just one other area rivalry game going on. We talk about the Eastern Buckeye Conference, West Branch and Salem tomorrow night. Uh, Salem, due to some things going on, has already seemingly wrapped up a playoff spot. So uh, it seems like those implications are kind of out of the way for the Quakers. West Branch, though, is one of those teams, again, though, with two wins that can be kind of scary. Yeah, and like we talked about before, you know, when uh, you 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 know this is going to be your last game, it, it's good to have uh, it's good to have a rival out there and uh, uh, two uh, fellow uh, 
you know, neighbors out there uh, east of Alliance and, uh, you know, uh, West Branch started out slow this season, but they were able to pick things up a little bit and, uh, you know, uh, Salem will, uh, you know, Salem, you know, like you said, you know, looking like they're in the playoffs, but they want to uh, they want to go in on a good note. Absolutely. And that's pretty much your look at week 10. We'd like to thank you for downloading and listening to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Sarda. Sarda providing over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda, where can we take you today? This is a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Look for our next episode early next week. For Joe Scalzo and Mike Popovich, I'm Cliff Hickman.